This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It is Sunday morning on The Fan. Matter of fact, hang on for a second. This is April 9th. Isn't this... Isn't this what um, some people observe as Palm Sunday today? Yeah, because Easter Sunday is next week. The other thing is Passover starts tomorrow. This year is starting to whip. Wait a minute. Wasn't it just January 1st? Football starts next week. Where have I been? What's going on here? It's already almost the middle of April. I got to get caught up on things. And then I look around the studio. It's always interesting here at WFAN. One thing that has me very concerned, though, is in the studio where I'm sitting now, there are vinyl, a box of vinyl exam gloves in here. And I'm sitting here thinking, why? Anyway, back to our program. We're in a discussion on the topic of autism really throughout the program. We had a good guest who joined us in hour one of our show today. We introduce you now to... An organization we have not talked about previously, it's entitled Pop Earth. Debbie Stone is joining us on our program. She's going to be with us for our 7 o'clock hour after our 8 o'clock update. Rick Wolf is along with the Sports Edge program. Ed Randall's Talking Baseball follows our 9 o'clock update. Uh, Debbie is uh, going to share some very interesting information with us. Um, We'll also give you some resources associated with Pop Earth. Debbie, first of all, good morning. Welcome to the fan. Good morning. Thank you for having me. Well, it's nice of you to join us. I guess in uh, beginning the discussion, uh, let's have you put this in your words. How do you describe what Pop Earth is? I'm sorry, Bob. I can't really hear you. How do you describe what Pop Earth is? Pop Earth um, is actually an abbreviation. Uh, The full name for the charity is Population Earth. Uh, we are one with autism. Mm-hmm. And it, 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 I founded it back in 2012, and we were the first in the country to offer low-cost to free holistic health and wellness options for people uh, with autism and developmental disorders. Um, I got to hear the end of your interview there with uh, Dr. Lintala, and basically um, everything that she was saying is what I was dealing with um, with my son when he was diagnosed initially in 2005. Um, and also the part where you asked her about the costs involved, um, that was kind of what motivated me to to start a program like Pop Earth. And the experience of starting that at that time, I mean, what was that like? How did you, how did you even know where to begin, I guess, is the question. Well, um, it's just like anything else. When uh, it's your child, you'll, you're going to do anything mm-hmm. um, to help them. And when my son Dylan was diagnosed, I was young mom, first-time mom, and um, you hear something like autism, 
it, it's it's a lifelong uh, affliction, and everyone was saying, you know, we don't know what causes it, and uh, there's no known cure. And uh, I started basically just doing a lot of research on the internet. And he was three years old at the time, so I decided I didn't want to go the typical route uh, of medication. I I wanted to go a more natural, holistic route, uh, just based on his age, and I already knew he had a toxic burden. So um, it was just one of those things where I started down that path, and the more information I found out is the more I kind of learned as I went along. When you say you didn't want to go the typical route of medication, some people will say, well, why not? Well, to speak to that is, again, the toxic burden. My my son had everything. He had leaky gut. He had encephalitis. He had damage to his immune system. And, you know, he's basically a, a toddler. He's three years old. So, um, you know, I really wanted to kind of heal him from the inside out. And by heal, I, I don't mean cure. I meant there were a lot of things going on with him uh, biomedically that needed to be addressed. And um, I felt going the natural route was probably best for him. Was that your, you know, from the standpoint of people listening to our discussion today, they're going to wonder, some of them, well, was this your background? How did you, I guess, know to go in this area? Not at all. Um, I actually worked on Wall Street for many years. And um, the closest I came to doing anything holistic was yoga. (laughs) Um, So this was an entirely new path for me. Um, And it's something that I did that was trial and error. You know, I I read a lot. I listened to other parents. Um, That's my biggest suggestion when you have a child uh, diagnosed with autism is, is really seeking out other parents because... They really do have a lot of knowledge to share. They, you know, often they've been down this road ahead of you, and um, it was kind of unanimous. A lot of parents uh, were doing uh, dietary interventions and, um, you know, going outside of the uh, of the norm to help their kids with uh, with really good results. So I decided to go that way. And what was what was the result? What was that experience like taking that approach? Uh, well, with, with autism, there's, there's a lot of highs and a lot of lows, and um, not everything worked. And um, it, it's a painstaking process, healing uh, the gut, um, just dealing with some of the behaviors that come out uh, that Dr. Lintala had uh, touched on previously. And um, it's, it, it's definitely a patience uh, process that you have to go through. But you do see improvements, and that's your reward. When we talk about Pop Earth and the approach with the organization, your involvement in the organization, what what has that done, I guess, for you and for your family um, being involved? Is in, in what ways is that helpful for you, I guess, in also um, helping to heal your son? Well, it's, it's definitely when I, when I started Pop Earth, like I said, I, I, uh, I worked on Wall Street. So mm-hmm. in 2015, I, 
I made the decision to leave uh, my position and uh, do this full time. Was that tough? Yeah, because uh, I didn't have the financial support of a uh, of a nine to five any longer. Mm-hmm. But the charity had just really um, taken on a life of its own, and it it needed a firm hand to to guide it. And uh, I have an amazing board, uh, just people that bring a different perspective um, to me being a parent of a child with autism, we have people on our board that aren't parents. We have people on the board that uh, are parents of typical children, and then we have people on the board that have children just like mine. Um, It it was a a great decision, I think, that I made um, to to step aside from a nine-to-five and come into this not-for-profit world. And um, Pop Earth has helped since 2012 thousands of of people that are on the spectrum or have special needs and their families, and that in itself is rewarding to me. Mm. How do those people come to the organization? Um, Really by word of mouth initially. uh, Newsday had done an article on us back in 2013, and literally the phone did not stop ringing Mm -hmm. for about four months. Um, and at that time, the organization was so young, I had my cell phone number in the paper. So my cell phone was always <laughs> going off. And um, we had the website go up. Uh, you, you can check it out at popearth.org. And on there, uh, it's, it's obviously morphed since then. But there's a calendar on there so you can look and see what classes are uh, available, what sessions are going on. Uh, We're in New York, New Jersey, and Colorado currently uh, with uh, six more states to launch uh, over the next six months approximately. So you can always go on there. There's email addresses for you to contact us. There's program descriptions. Uh, Generally, by going on the website, you can see basically everything that we do. So that's popearth.org. And I will attest to the fact that there's a lot of information uh, on the website that's a, a great resource. You know, Thank you. I, I, I do have to ask you the question because this always comes up, and I guess I'm naturally skeptical. All right? With the Internet, um, it's a wonderful resource. We have all this information literally at our fingertips. However, as I'm sure you discovered when you initially set out uh, doing some of your research online, um, there also are things that, may not be as accurate as they should be. You know, what kind of advice do you give parents um, and those who are doing research as they're starting out as to, I guess, how it is that they go about judging the information that they're getting? Well, that's a great question. I think as parents, you have this knee-jerk emotional reaction to hearing something like an autism diagnosis. Mm-hmm. And um, you really have to sit and vet uh, what you're reading and, and what you're hearing because, again, the talking to other parents and getting yourself knowledgeable um, about autism and, and ways to help your child, um, there are a lot of things on the Internet. And um, there's, I mean, 
There are a lot of things on the Internet for, for any condition that you may have. As a parent, I think if you're smart and you, you really take the information that you're reading into consideration and you vet it with other parents, I mean, that's kind of the only way to go. I'd beware of, you know, cures and, and instant quick fix type of situations because autism, as you heard prior, is it's gut-related, it's brain-related. Um, those are tough things to correct overnight. So, you know, I just say pace yourself and read a lot before making uh, any type of decision uh, for your child. Debbie Stone, who's the founder of Pop Earth, is talking with us on our program on The Fan. Oh, I love when that young man speaks. He is so handsome, too. Good morning, everybody. This is Bob Salter. We are in the discussion on the topic of autism. What? Did I just say he was so handsome, too? Yes, I did. After our 8 o'clock update, the Sports Edge program with Rick Wolf is along here on The Fan. And after our 9 o'clock update, it is um, Ed Randall who will be by. He'll be talking baseball on WFAN. In our discussion, we're uh, chatting with Debbie Stone. She's founder of Pop Earth, Population Earth. We are one with autism, the uh, formal name of the organization. It's a nonprofit organization on the web at popearth, that's all this one word, dot O-R-G. Some people who are listening to our discussion are going to say, well, wait a minute, how is Pop Earth different from other organizations that deal with autism? What do you say to that? Well, not to take any way, anything away from any of the other organizations, um, I think um, Pop Earth was the first to offer low-cost to free holistic health and wellness options uh, for people with autism and special needs. And it was an area that um, I found sadly lacking as a parent. I wanted something that was innovative, um, that was health-based uh, for my son, um, that I could afford. And at that time, I was spending thousands of dollars every month. Um, just on helping him become healthy. And uh, Pop Earth, really, we're about empowering uh, this group of people. We are not um, really so much about the diagnosis, but really focused on the abilities. And our programs, we have a program that we're known for called uh, Om for Autism, and it's it's a yoga program that's specifically tailored uh, for people on the spectrum, and it features uh, the yoga poses. It features Reiki, massage, and aromatherapy, all in one, all in one sitting for them. And I remember initially uh, when I rolled out this program, I thought, I don't know if this is going to work as well as it does for my son, for everybody um, else. And it's amazing because when I walk into that class, and I usually uh, observe the classes that run. When I walk into that class and I see the different ages and the different uh, children and young adults and even the the, the older adults that come, they love it. And um, it's it's an amazing feeling uh, to be able to deliver a program like OM for Autism um, for literally... $7.50 a person, 
and um, or, or for free. If if you can't afford to pay for your uh, session, uh, you're still allowed to uh, to, to attend. Mm. That's wonderful. Where does the funding for the organization come from? Well, right now it's completely uh, privately funded. We go out and we do some amazing fundraisers. Um, my board chair is actually uh, Chef Franklin Becker, and um, Franklin has a son with autism as well, and I've been really lucky um, to have his support throughout this whole process, and he has a lot of chef friends, and we do a lot of food-related events, which you can imagine is pretty popular. Oh, yeah. And uh, we actually have one that's, that's coming up uh, that I wanted to share with you, Bob. It's going to be on July 15th out in Southampton. I don't know if you watch that show, Billions. Oh, I do, yes. Yeah, so it's the house that Axe bought in season one. Really? And, uh, yeah, yeah, it, it just so happens that uh, one of my other board members, his name is uh, Shiva Chowdhury, uh, he's an amazing uh, engineer. He started uh, a company called Salido, and uh, they provide uh, uh, backups for uh, the restaurant industry, uh, technology support. And uh, he happens to be friends with the gentleman that owns that house, and his name is Michael Loeb. And when Michael found out about the work that we do for Pop Earth, he volunteered to donate the house for a charity event. So we're having this amazing celebrity chef rib-off on uh, July 15th out in Southampton, and the details will be up at uh, popearth.org, and people can buy a ticket, come out and support, and enjoy a great party. Mm. Do you usually get, I mean, with the events that you do, get good response, especially, especially something in the middle of summer, I would think would be a, definitely be a big hit? Yes, we actually, um, in addition to that, we do a, uh, a chef gala at uh, the Dream Hotel downtown in Manhattan in the fall. And um, that's another food experience where we have, you know, three uh, different chefs uh, grouped together and they cook uh, for each table. And it's, it's really an interactive experience because they're literally cooking right in front of you. And um, it's great for our guests. They get to enjoy this great meal. They get to, you know, talk to some of these chefs that, you know, sometimes you're waiting for months to get into their restaurant. So mm-hmm. it's, it, it's really a, a, uh, a different experience than what a typical fundraiser is. Mm. What are your, as an organization, the greatest challenges that you face? The greatest challenge is funding. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, for me, I love working with the kids. I hate doing the fundraisers. It's just, you know, you, you get gray hair doing that. But um, for us, we're trying to uh, get more government and state funds directed towards our programs. Um, right now, the only thing that's covered under insurance uh, are ABA-related programs. And I'm going to share with you that Pop Earth has already broken down that barrier because we do have a major insurance carrier looking to cover all of the programs that we do, which is it's great news for Pop Earth as a small organization, but it really lends itself to a larger conversation for the other insurance carriers to start looking at alternative ways to help this population and cover it. And when you talk about 
the individuals that you're helping and their families, you know, this covers those who are on the autism spectrum, but it covers other developmental disabilities, doesn't it? Of course. We, I, I like to say we welcome all abilities. We really don't focus on the word disability. Okay. We focus on abilities, so all are welcomed. And, I mean, we help from anywhere from age 5 to 95. And if you're 100, come on down. That's just the way we do it. Mm. When you talk about Pop Earth and where where you see the organization going, let's say in the in the near future, in the next three to five years, how do you see the organization growing? Pop Earth is has been a freight train. Um, it's unstoppable, and uh, it just it speaks volumes because it shows that people that are affected by autism need help. And um, one thing that most people don't realize is that in this country, once you turn 21, you age out of state-run programs. And for a kid that's used to having a school bus pick them up every day to have that bus stop coming, it's traumatic. Um, For the parents looking for something... um, for their children to do uh, during the day. Uh, it's traumatic. And uh, we, we actually provide programming for the over 21 population. Um, as far as where I see us going, I see this program expanding. We're looking to actually right now get our own space where all of our programs, you know, we do an eatable program for nutrition. We do the yoga program. We do individual massage sessions. We do uh, free-to-be-me music and art workshops. We do a lot of empowering things uh, for this community. And we're looking right now to put all of those in in one location um, and and really make it something special that they can come to on a daily basis and uh, just get to spend time with with their peers. Uh, So I see us having our own center, and really using that as a role model to roll out more centers like it across the country. And ICS International, eventually, we do have interest right now in, um, in Europe, uh, in France, and in Switzerland, where they're looking to bring something like this over there. Uh, necessity is the mother of invention. When I started Pop Earth, it was just my money. Um, so I really had to come up with a way to create these programs and make them sustainable. And I came up with a pop-up model, which really takes a basic franchise, and um, I kind of merged it with our charity platform. So now with like-minded partners, uh, I can put a program anywhere on the planet and keep it low-cost to free. And uh, I intend to do that. I intend to grow this program and help as many people as I can. That's wonderful. That's that's the goal. And also, you know, that you're getting interest in so many areas and actually interest from overseas. Are, there, are you able to provide services um, or support, I guess, for the people who are um, relatives, caregivers? I mean, they need support. They need help as well. As a parent, 100%. Um, we have a program uh, called Equal for Autism, and it's really an advocacy and awareness program. 
and we provide workshops uh, for parents to come in and uh, learn how to help uh, their their child or uh, even the siblings um, or the caregivers. But aside from being an educational resource, we also host, uh, you know, aromatherapy nights and and fun wine nights, and we partner with with other agencies. Uh, my friend Lucina Clark owns uh, HeadsUpMyTimeInc.org, and uh, they really try to provide support nights out, you know, whether they take them to a spa or um, just give them a break from the typical. Uh, we provide those types of things in conjunction with them just to give parents a break. When you're talking about the approach of Pop Earth and talking about what it is that you do and can do and even want to do, I also think back to something that I read in preparation for our discussion today. I didn't ask you this purposely at the beginning, but I'm going to pose this to you now. When was it that you personally first heard about autism? It's actually on my website. Mm -hmm. Um, I was a a junior in high school, and I was at the movies, and I saw Rain Man. Mm -hmm. And that was my first look at autism. And it, it was very sobering. When my son was diagnosed in in 2005, because immediately when I heard that word, I went. I was transported back to sitting in that theater and watching that movie. Mm. Very powerful image. When you stop and think about Rain Man and think of the impact that that movie had too. We're talking with Debbie Stone on our program. Uh, she is founder of Pop Earth. PopEarth.org website. We got a lot more to get to in our discussion. Ed Randall follows our nine o'clock update, talking baseball. Rick Wolf, Sports Edge, follows our eight o'clock update, and we will continue in our chat with Debbie. You want to join us and talk about autism with her? Talk about um, the work of Pop Earth. You can join us toll free at eight seven seven three three seven sixty six sixty six. That's our number here at the Fan. And in WFAN-FM, New York. <laughs> it is Sunday morning on the fan. Good morning, everybody. This is Bob Salter. After our 8 o'clock update, Rick Wolf is along with the Sports Edge program. We have some fun here on Sunday mornings. And after our 9 o'clock update, Ed Randall will be by. He'll be talking baseball here on the fan. Matter of fact, it reminds me, I need to make sure that I've departed before Ed gets in today especially since I saw those gloves here in the studio. Uh, Debbie Stone is talking with us on our program. Debbie is the founder of Pop Earth, popearth.org, the uh, website, and she shared an awful lot with us and talking about this topic of autism and the approach of Pop Earth. When you talk about the um, types of things that have worked with Pop Earth, I also want to talk about your son. Sure. Um, tell us about him. Well, he's the light of my life, and he is now uh, 14 years old. He's, he's taller than me, which I'm a very small person to begin with, but he, he towers over me. And, um, you know, Dylan is, is still on his path. 
I would not say that he is losing his diagnosis anytime soon. There's still um, a lot of challenges that he faces. Uh, he's he's largely nonverbal. He does have words to uh, kind of ask you for things like a drink or, you know, he might be hungry or he wants to play on his iPad, of course. Um, but the conversation piece that, you know, our back-and-forth banter that we're having here, he's, he's not there yet. But, um, you know, he has an incredible uh, team of therapists and teachers. I can't say enough about these people that, uh, that work with these children, uh, like my son, and uh, I, I do have to acknowledge that they make a huge, huge difference in this population. And uh, they've, they've really brought my son uh, from a pretty dark place uh, out into the light, and, and he continues to make strides uh, every day, and I'm grateful for that. The kinds of approaches that he's been exposed to when you talk about holistic treatments and approaches, what sort of things, I guess, have worked well for him? Definitely the nutrition has made a huge, huge difference with Dylan, and that was something that uh, Dr. Lintala had uh, spoken about. And that is why I created the uh, Eatable program. So Eatable is eat-able. It's enabling health through food. And uh, if you look at us right now, Bob, as a, as a country, Ten years ago, you couldn't walk into a Wendy's and get a kale salad. And the country has made such a shift towards being healthier and being more mindful. Uh, Pop Earth was ahead of that curve uh, back in 2012 when I started this. And uh, I really want it to be about health and wellness for this population and it's so great that the country itself has made that shift as well. So it's no longer this alternative way to look at things. It's, it's actually become the normal way uh, to be. So when we talk about uh, what has really worked for my son, I, I would have to tell you nutrition 100% has helped him. Are there other things that stand out? Uh, yes, actually, I did. Uh, people with uh, autism have a problem sometimes with spatial awareness. Mm -hmm. So when Dylan was uh, three years old, he never wanted to get on a swing. And I, I noticed this, and I, I started asking other parents, you know, if, if uh, they had noticed it with their own children. And one mom had said to me, uh, take him to cranial sacral. And I didn't know what that is. But basically, in layman's terms, it was a massage for the head. And I, I took him uh, with trepidation because I didn't know what to expect. And in about three sessions of having cranial sacral, Dylan was able to get on a swing. And, you know, that really opened my eyes to alternative things working for my son. And, and, and that was, again, part of the process of me learning and, and opening myself to uh, new avenues to help him that I really hadn't considered before. Mm. 
And the other aspect of this that naturally comes up, and some of the people listening are thinking of this too, is yes, it's wonderful that these approaches are there, um, but I'm sure at that time you were running into mounting costs. Yes. It's, it was very, very expensive. And um, obviously in talking with other parents, uh, some parents couldn't do some of the things that I was doing. And, um, and in no way am I excessively wealthy or any of those things. But when you're a parent and you have a child that needs this, this help and you see a benefit to it, you're going to find a way to make it work. And if that means that you have to trim in other areas, that's what you have to do. And um, I, I, I think with, with Dylan and, and, and this whole process of trying to figure out costs and everything else, it's why I was so gung-ho on starting Pop Earth. We really wanted to be able to offer the kinds of things that uh, we, we saw as parents working for our children and find a way to make it low cost to free, and, and it's been very successful so far. We're talking on our program on The Fan, Sports Radio 66, Sports Radio 1019, with Debbie Stone, who is the founder of Pop Earth, popearth.org, the website. She's talking with us about the organization. WFAN's toll-free line, 877-337-6666. You want to join us in our discussion? The line is brought to you by Mohegan Sun, Connecticut, Mohegan Sun, Pocono, and Resorts Atlantic City. Let's go to the phone. Um, Let's go first to Bernardsville, New Jersey, to Dr. Simmons, who's been holding for some time. Thanks for holding on, doctor. Good morning. Yes, good morning. Uh, I'd like to first uh, congratulate your guest on the fine work she's doing. Uh, autism has an incredible effect on certainly uh, the person affected, but the family and the community. And I wanted to pick up on one idea that she expressed the need for, and that was a facility, if I understood her right. She's looking for that. That's correct, doctor. Right. So just as a quick way of background, I'm a former college professor, dean, and president. And for the last 30 years, I've been the CEO of my own growing company and a major commitment to both charity and strategic planning as in kind. And one idea I'd like to share with you, and this is in the context of the interdisciplinary approach that you need to provide in terms of serving your population. You just gave a great example of your son and how nutrition affected him. And we all know the effect of education and training and physical activity and research and medical, I mean, it's just the list goes on and on from an interdisciplinary provision of services. But I want to give you an idea about an interdisciplinary opportunity for selecting a site. Um, first of all, for a group as yours to have its own facility is a great way of making a statement to the community that you're for real, you've got a place, you've got a name over the door, you've got offices, and it, it, it looks like and feels like the substance that you're providing to your, uh, to your constituency. And so the facility is a great idea. The insight is that a college campus, depending upon where you are in the college that you could work with, provides an interdisciplinary host of services for you. Number one, there's a great way of getting an economic opportunity 
to uh, use the facilities either at a low cost or no cost. There's an interdisciplinary approach on campus with access to faculty and administration and transportation and a variety of funding sources. And there are students who are working on work-study programs and faculty who have time dedicated to organizations such as yours. And as you look around at potential sites, there's a way of getting started by maybe sharing a building where you can have uh, something outside that shows you're there. And then as you grow, maybe grow into more of a building that already exists or in cooperation with the college, uh, build your own facility. So in terms of providing services, there's services available that you can use. And in terms of providing resources, this is something that can ease you into having your own facility. That idea, 100%, you are right. We actually did a little bit of exploring uh, with college. Where, where are you located, if I may ask? We're, we're on Long Island. Oh, good. Okay. And, I, I spent uh, time at Oxford University. <laughs> but, uh, you know, for most of the college campuses that are out here on Long Island, a lot of them were... Uh, actually in the process of building and expanding, and we're very limited on uh, space. But we continue to put the asks out there, and it's, it, it really, we're on the same wavelength there. We're trying well, uh, to... As you know, both Hofstra and Adelphi have great programs related to what you do, uh, and uh, the, the contact at a university to get this started from an academic and service provision is probably the provost. Um, you may want to go to a department level where you're talking to a, a dean of an, a discipline connected to you, but everybody says they don't have space. My experience is everybody has space for the right idea. <laughs> so I, I would I be very you. We're going to keep beating down those doors. That's what we're good at. All right. Well, I wish you all. God bless you. It's a, it's a need that needs to be addressed for both the the individuals and their families in the community, and I wish you well. Thank you so much. Thank you for your call and your patience on the phone there, Dr. Simmons, and travel safely. Interesting idea uh, that he's come forth with and uh, shared with us. Um, yeah, it, it, it's a great idea. Uh, it's one that uh, definitely has merit with us. We had initially started asking colleges uh, here on Long Island uh, about two years ago. Obviously, we've come a very very long way in the last two years, and, uh, you know, we continue to put asks out there, and uh, hopefully, hopefully one of them are listening this morning, and uh, they can get back to us and, and give us some space to get this going. Hopefully so. People who are listening to this discussion today, and there are a lot of people who have been touched by your words, what you've shared with us thus far. It seems there are some obvious areas, but I'm going to ask you directly. What are the things that people listening today can do to help you? In other words, what do you need? I'm sorry, Bob, you cut out there for I a minute. I said, what are the things that people who are listening to our program today, what can they do? What do you need as an organization? We always... Uh... We always need volunteers to come in and, and work with our programs. It's important that uh, the people that are affected by autism be around their quote-unquote typical peers. 
we encourage a lot of uh, high school students, and uh, even we've had volunteers that are in grade school come in, and it's it's really a great thing for us to see them interact with uh, people that have special needs, autism, any type of developmental disorder. And there's a lot going on right now with with bullying and the anti-bullying message. And I think a way to remedy that situation is by fostering experiences like this that encourage acceptance and inclusion. And what better way to open somebody's eyes to look at special needs in a different way than to have them directly spend time with that person. It's worked really well for us, so we, I encourage everybody to come out and, and volunteer their time to work with uh, this population. Uh, donations are always welcome for us because we are solely uh, run on donations, and that's how we keep the, the programs low low cost, and that's how we're able to offer it for free in many instances. And with volunteers, would they, people interested in that, just go through the website as a way of contacting you? Yes. Yes, they can go on the website. They can uh, email us directly at info at popearth.org, and so someone of, uh, on my team will get back to them, and uh, they can figure out where well, which location best suits them. So it's popearth.org, the website. Debbie Stone, who's founder of the organization. Thank you very much for joining us, Debbie, and certainly good luck continued with the organization. Thank you so much, Bob. I really appreciate it. Very interesting discussion and program this morning. Hopefully you found it informative as well. After our 8 o'clock update, Rick Wolf is along doing the Sports Edge program. Seen him already doing some jumping jacks, warming up. And speaking of warming up, Ed Randall will be by. He'll be talking baseball. We have been blessed technically this morning by Brian Rascona. Thank you. Tip of the hat to you. Usually I forget to thank this gentleman. We will see you next Sunday morning. You know where. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.